Have you heard the old saying, you must love yourself before you can love anyone else? People often share that as the ultimate friendship and relationship advice, but they don't provide any guidance on how to love yourself. It just leaves us feeling either defensive, like it was only our fault that our relationships and friendships failed, or it leaves us with more questions and answers. How do I love myself? What are the steps? Where do I get started? That's why I want to invite you to a three-day virtual conference, Love Yourself First, How to Develop Supportive Friendships and Meaningful Relationships. For three days from February 10th to the 12th, join me and five other amazing coaches, experts, and professionals for this empowerment event. At this virtual conference, you'll learn the secrets to loving yourself so that you can create lasting connections that will enrich your life. Tickets are on sale now. If you use my promo code Patterns Special on or before December 16th, you'll receive exclusive access to hidden special tickets. And these tickets are only available with my promo code. So get your tickets sooner rather than later. Also, because we know you'll want to share this love with a friend, if you buy two tickets in a single transaction, you'll receive a 50% discount on the second ticket. That's right, you'll receive half off the second ticket. So if your friendships and relationships are missing the joy, affection, and genuine conversation that you deeply desire, then you need to get your tickets for this three-day Love Yourself First conference. Reserve your space by going to alwaysloveyourselffirst.eventbrite.com and don't forget to use the promo code PATTERNSSPECIAL. Once again, get your tickets at alwaysloveyourselffirst.eventbrite.com and use promo code PATTERNSSPECIAL before December 16th to get your special promo tickets. I'll see you there. Hey, what's going on? My name is Coach Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire you to be yourself, live your truth, and make lasting friendships. In this episode, we're going to talk about holding grudges. You love them, but they're not budging. Are you ready? Let's go. You're the worst. I cannot stand you. You have always been like this since we were kids. You always hold stuff against me. You've always been rude and mean to me, and I don't even know why. You're just disgusting. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to see you. You know, I don't want you over my house. And if you bring that guy, you can't come to my house either. You know, holding grudges, the worst, right? They keep families apart. They keep friendships stuck. They keep everyone in pain and confused. While it's awful to have this kind of thing happen in our friendships and families, if the communication is not clear and strong, these things are bound to happen. But you're not powerless in this situation. But you're also not able to magically change anyone's mind. From my own experiences, I discovered that, well, all you can do is make changes 
in yourself. Because that's the only person that you have power over. I used to find myself angry, very angry, because they were angry with me. That was the reason. They were holding a grudge against me, so it activated my anger. And I would attack, and I'd fire back those mean words so I can hurt them just in the same way I'm feeling hurt. But you know what? In the history of all the grudges and the fights and the arguments I've had, that has never, ever resolved any of the grudges ever and as I look back I can't think of any benefits of me getting angry because they're angry that didn't work there's none that I can see because what I ultimately want is for them not to be mad at me and being mad at them because they're mad at me only makes them more angry so I want to be accepted. I want to be understood. I want to be forgiven, whatever it is. I want them to tone it down and stop holding that grudge. I really want to be connected to them. And what I was doing, that anger, that fire, that frustration, it didn't help. It doesn't help. It never does. So I learned that the most powerful move I had, and I still have, is to change my behavior. Because like I said, not only is me the only person I can control, but when I made changes in myself, the people around me also changed. It's like we're in the dance. I yell, you yell, you yell, I yell, I yell, you yell. We just keep yelling all day long until we get tired and we don't have any more energy. We're in a dance and we're stuck. But what if... They yelled and I didn't. They yelled and I listened. They yelled and I demonstrated that I heard what they said. They yelled and they felt understood. What if that happened? Well, what happened for me is that they started talking instead of yelling. We started having conversation instead of fighting. We started knowing each other and understanding what the source of the grudge was. So that we can resolve it. That anger is just a flare up. It's just a distraction. It stops us from getting to the heart of understanding each other. But one of us had to listen. One of us had to stop because that anger back and forth is just us trying to get ourselves heard. I'm louder. I want to be louder than you. I want to insult you to shock you so that you'll shut up long enough for you to hear what I have to say. I'm going to hit you so you'll stop talking so that you can know that I have something more important to say. It's only us trying to get ourselves heard. That all That's all that is. And just that moment of stopping, the moment that I changed, I stopped reacting to the hate, to the anger, to the frustration, to the fear, and let that stuff roll over me because I know it is just a distraction from what is really underneath. I know that it hits me hard, but if I know myself well enough to let it pass through me, know that it's not about me, not let it take my peace, I can withstand. I can listen. I can demonstrate that I heard them. And then we can have a real conversation about what's happening underneath. And that's how I broke so many patterns in my life. Because 
when it comes to getting through to people who hold grudges, I find that those people who close off and hold grudges have been hurt themselves. And they simply want to protect themselves from more pain. That fiery display of anger keeps that perceived threat at bay. Now, based on my own experiences and what I just described, I hope that I can share something with you to help you get to the heart of a grudge. Just keep in mind that they're trying to keep this perceived threat that you are at bay. The first thing you really want to do is help them stay cool. Like try becoming curious about what they are saying. Take interest in what they are saying. That will help them feel safe enough to share without running away, throwing a fit, or closing up. And when I say take interest, I mean allowing them to express how they feel without your judgment. And man, this is hard because if they're, they're, they're swearing at you, throwing insults at you, they are definitely expressing how they feel. But if you can keep in the back of your mind that it is not about you, there is something deeper going on with them. It's not about you. It is not a definition of your character. You have absolute control over how you respond to them. Then you, you can withstand it. Now, I'll, I'll right here and I'll say, hey, um, be careful with this. You don't, You. it takes energy. It takes time. It takes uh, skill to ward this kind of deep frustration off. It does. If it's something like a Hatfield-McCoy kind of feud, then you're going to get years and decades and generations of hatred coming at you and it's hard to withstand with you just there all by yourself. Like you'd be like Gandorf, you shall not pass, but it is intense. It's coming at you and you might get knocked over. I don't recommend you do that. I want you to be emotionally well, okay? Don't go into a situation in which you could potentially get emotionally damaged so much. But it's a practice in which you, it's a mindfulness practice of meditation where you recognize that anger is approaching and it is going to make you react. But if you have done enough time and have felt what anger feels like and know that it's not about you and can let it roll off your shoulders then you can withstand this and you can have enough patience and you can hear them, allow them to be heard. Because I think that when people get frustrated and they demonstrate this anger, that this is that they're just trying to make sure that they're heard. And this is the only way they know that they will be heard. And that's it. And that's all they're thinking. It's like, I need somebody to hear me, shut up and hear me. And if you just take out the, the, the pushback and they recognize that they are starting to be heard, they won't have to put so much energy into trying to be heard because you're just silently listening. Mm-hmm. I got you. I hear you. I hear you. But do you understand how I feel? And then you demonstrate that you understand by, you know, reflecting back what they say to you. And it's hard. I'm telling you, I know it's hard because if it's about you, then it's going to be hurtful. But remember, it's their truth. So this is what I've done in my connections with people 
recognizing that it's not about me and what I want overall more so than them not to yell in my face today but is to is for them to forgive me or to care about me or to connect with me again that's what I'm looking for so I can withstand this little bit because I know at the end of this whole process that we are going to get down to the root cause and we're going to resolve it and we're going to feel better about each other again because that's what we want so like I said I recommend that you endure the emotional outlash of a fairly new and fairly small disagreement or grudge but not family feuds you don't want to deal with anything that has originated years before you were born because it'll be easier to remain curious and open-minded with smaller grudges, smaller disagreements. I'll be right back with the answer Reddit friendship advice question. This week's Reddit friendship advice question is, how do I stop being jealous of my best friend? I am a 22-year-old female and I've been best friends with, let's call her Cindy, who is 23 and a female for over six years. Cindy is a pretty girl and has always been wanted. She's known as one of the prettiest girls in our city. Growing up, every guy wanted her. I often felt overlooked. For instance, a guy that I had a crush on in high school liked her instead of me. When we go out, she gets hit on a lot. Sometimes I do think she uses her pretty privilege to her advantage which is totally okay, like insisting on going to the bar on her own. I get hit on too, but she gets a lot of attention from men on social media. I don't know. I know this is because she posts on her IG story though, and I'm not sure why she's so competitive over male validation. Oftentimes, I do feel like she's competitive with me too, but I just want it to stop on both ends. It gets in the way of our friendship because I know I could be a better friend. When good things happen to her, I get jealous and it makes me feel less about myself. There are times when I feel like she's knowingly, she knowingly copies something I do or wear, which I don't care about, but I feel like it's done in a sneaky way or she doesn't acknowledge it when I bring it up. Something else that bothers me about our friendship is her need to disagree with me about everything, even though she would probably otherwise agree. This became such a habit for her to a point where it was hard to converse because all she did was disagree or try to one-up me in conversations. I don't want to feel this way. And although I try not to, I do feel like it continues on her side sometimes. What do I do? Redditor, I really thank you for creating this post. It's really interesting to me because it feels like a feud. It feels like a grudge. It feels like a grudge, not a feud. That's like generational thing. But it, it seems like ever since you two have become of age where you are attracted to the opposite sex or you're attracted to people that it's been six years, you've been friends for six years, and it's always been, she's always been the prettiest girl in the city and you've always been the runner up. Essentially, that's what I'm reading here. Every guy's always wanted her and you felt overlooked. And so I wonder, I mean, I don't blame you for feeling frustrated, but as you look at her, you definitely recognize that it is not her fault, fault, and quotes as 
she's been dealt this great genetics and people are attracted to her. But also, you still want to connect with her. And you resent her at the same time for being who she is. And I want to bring that to light because although she is doing some things, it seems like um, she's often competitive with you. You said you wanted to stop on both ends. Um, she copies some of the things that you do. There's something that is really being not being said between the two of you, talking about the jealousy in particular. So how do you want to you want to stop being jealous of your best friend? You want to stop holding a grudge. Well, you really want to start sharing exactly what you're feeling, feeling second best. You're, that's the overall feeling is that you're feeling second best. And there's zero things that you can do about it. People are just more attracted to her and they're not as attracted to you. And you say that you want this to stop on both ends, the competitiveness on both ends. And you have all the power to do it. You, friend, have all the power to do it. Um, I say this because... Of course, we want to talk about or recognize, let's say right here in this moment, we want to recognize what the true problem is. And the true problem, the true frustration is that you are second best. Everything else is secondary, but you feel second best. And everything else your friend does, Cindy does, to, I don't know, just frustrates you. <laughs> it just frustrates you. Everything she does frustrates you. You want to acknowledge where that's coming from and why. We want to acknowledge where that's coming from and what makes you feel that you can assign blame to her for it. It's happening because people like her and there's nothing you can do about the behaviors of other people. The only thing that you can do is control yourself and how you respond to this. So I say that you have this great power to know how to stop this because you are aware that there is a problem in the first place. You are aware of the problem in the first place. So what I would recommend you do, because you want it to stop. Don't feed into the competition over male validation. This is all your work. If you see 10 guys come talk to her and they don't want to talk to you, that feels like rejection to you and it hurts, but it's not her fault. You would stop the competition as soon as you say, oops, I don't care. Or even better, wow, congratulations, you've got 10 guys to talk to you. And help her feel good about that. Because it seems like you've noticed that she's suffering from this male validation as well. You're curious about why she feels like she had, she gets, she's a, um, yeah, I'm not so sure why I'm competitive over male validation. Okay. Um, she gets a lot more attention from men on social media because she posts on her IG story and you don't know why you're so com competitive, but you, you feel like she's also competitive with you. And of course, you know, of course it's a competition. That's how you are connected with each other, but you can stop that all of it, as soon as it doesn't matter to you, as soon as that stuff runs over your shoulder, rolls over your shoulder, you don't care about it, you see her with lots of men, 
And it's no big deal. Even if she were to brag to you and say, you see those guys? They were so interested in me. And oh my God, I don't want to do anything with them. You can have them. You'd be like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. Seriously, that's hard to do. I know it's emotionally heart-wrenching and it takes effort because this is so important and it feels so real to you. But that's how you stop it. You stop the competition as soon as you decide you don't want to compete anymore. Because if she just has one person, it's just herself. It's just herself trying to get out there and validate and make friends and make people interested in her. It's not you. And that's how you restore your friendship. You can talk about those things. Take the emotional energy away from the catalyst, this competition that you have, and maybe talk about this competition, why it's so important to you. I think maybe that's a a journal thing that you need to do for yourself. Understand why it's so important to you to feel so validated by men? Why is it so important to you to be better than her? What about that? What about your family life? What about other connections? What have you seen on TV? Figure that out so that you can stop the competition that you're having with your friend. All right, thanks for posting. I know you didn't ask me to write. You didn't ask me to answer, but I did. And again, I hope this really helps you. Best of luck. Take care. My name is Coach Lee Hopkins, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. You can find me at PatternsofPossibility.com and on all social media at Patterns of Possibility. And as always, I want to encourage you to be yourself, live your truth, and there you'll make lasting friendships.